Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And happy weekend to you. This is Fantasy Sports Today, our weekend edition for the weekend of April 4th and April 5th. I am Craig Mish, along with Joe Ranieri. Uh, we got a one-hour show for you guys today, just uh, kind of, you know, getting in front of you guys on your television, on your computer, on your phones, just talking some sports, spending some time chatting over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, and here we are. And so, Joe, uh, you know, happy weekend to you. and. Good to be back seeing you again here on the weekend, just kind of kicking some fantasy sports talk. What's going on? Well, it's wonderful, Greg. It's not like we got a lot of other things to do. So the simple fact that we can, uh, we can create uh, 50, uh, 54, 55 minutes of uh, a little normalcy, maybe a little distraction from yeah. uh, all the craziness. I'm good to go. WrestleMania this weekend. Yeah. Belarus yeah. handball, I know you're getting oh, into. I'm into it, man. Yeah, I'm you're going to break it. that down later. So it's, yeah. uh, it's exciting this weekend. It really is. Yeah, sure. And by the way, a lot of us uh, as hosts are all delivering content to you, not just yeah. us here on yes. Fantasy Sports Today, but uh, you know, just, just go on over to any of the different streaming sites that you may watch your favorite show on. And for us in particular, YouTube and SportsGrid.com, those are two really great places that you could see everything that we're doing during this very strange time in our world. But in addition to that, Pluto TV, Zumo TV, really two prominent sites that have a lot of other programming. Stir is another one. And I know some of you have never heard of these sites before. And and look, before I started doing the show here with SportsGrid, honestly, I had kind of heard of those apps and sites because, uh, you know, I have different, uh, you know, sticks that that show me what they are, but I never really tried them out. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube and watching on SportsGrid, again, like, you know, this, I'm not trying to sell you anything. This costs nothing for you guys to download. It's absolutely free. And it may be just a way for you guys not only to watch sports, but also to watch some other different kind of programming. And again, the four-letter word that I talk about here in the world these days that we could all use, F-R-E-E. It is free. There is nothing to pay for at all. So check us out on all the different platforms that we have, certainly. All right. So um, coming up, we'll do our birthdays for the weekend. We'll do our This Day in Fantasy Sports a little bit later in the show. Gray Albright, who was on with us. Uh, on Friday, uh, we're going to recue that for you here on the show to kind of just talk about, you know, have a little fun, basically laugh a little bit, talk about fantasy sports, talk about life in general. Uh, but the story came down on uh, ESPN yesterday, Joe, and we can kick it around here this weekend because I know that we're into sports, we're into mm-hmm. fantasy, we're into gambling. Uh, but according to ESPN, a uh, federal judge in New York uh, before the weekend started dismissed the class action lawsuit brought against. Major League Baseball by a group of daily fantasy sports contestants who claim to have been harmed by the Houston Astros and Boston Red Sox sign-stealing scandals. And this Mm. is being reported by ESPN and ESPN.com, to be very clear. You can go check out the article over there, but it's their story, and we're going to talk about it here. And so, Joe, I I really didn't think that there was a... there was any chance in you-know-what that this was going to happen. And by the way, if it did, forget about DFS. I mean, Joe, you would have had a claim probably to get out there to wherever you would have bet this in Las Vegas or on FanDuel Online. Right. Yep. There was simply no way. I mean, it was nice to say it made a little bit of headlines for these guys getting involved. 
And by the way, the plaintiffs who were involved in this case all got their name on ESPN.com. So congratulations. Whatever you paid for the <laughs> for the potential lawsuit ended up getting in. But Joe, in, the, in our world of sports, in our world of gambling, every once in a while, you'll see one of the uh, sites in New Jersey what they'll do is they'll say, oh, because you had a bad beat, we're going to refund your money. Like, you right. see that sometimes, national championship games, Super Bowls, like just strange events to get some popularity and get your money over to the betting site. And that makes sense. But legitimately, there's no possible way that they could have allowed this to go through. You're talking about millions and yep. millions of dollars bet all over the world on or against the Houston Astros. Shot in the dark. Didn't work out for these guys who tried. Yeah, and you know, listen, I, I, it doesn't surprise me that the lawsuit came. You kind of figured it did. And the fact that it came from South Florida, even less surprising uh, in the grand scheme of things. And I appreciate the effort. And I appreciate more than the, the symbolic gesture by filing it and what it meant. Um, you got it heard. But the reality is, unless you're proving uh, that somehow or another there was a, a benefit and that there was actually people harmed doing it, it it's it's going to be a, a shot in the dark. And I, again, it doesn't surprise me, but you weren't opening that can of worms. That's a Pandora's box that no court in this land is going to sit there, uh, especially just based upon what we know uh, right now, based upon what was then. We really don't know who... We don't have anybody that was suspended player-wise for it. We, we got a whole lot of this going on. Uh, yeah, that's not, um, that's not how you open up a class action lawsuit like that. And uh, I'm shocked. Courts usually push that thing down the, uh, down the road. I'm shocked that they answered as quick as they did. Yeah, and look, as you said, it's very hard to find specifically who's culpable for this, especially yeah. since Major League Baseball granted immunity for all of the players that were involved. So... Uh, a fun story to talk about. Again, you get your name out there a little bit for in the DFS community for trying to, you know, kind of represent and do the right thing. It makes a lot of sense. I yes. get it. But realistically, in order for this to happen, I mean, uh, all bets refunded. You're going through old tickets. Like, come on. I mean, you know, let, let's get real. It was uh, it was a scandal. It was hot at the time. We got a lot of other things to worry about in this world for sure. And you uh, still got to hit the ball. You still got to catch yeah, the ball, it's, it's and true. you still got to play ball. on the road. The Astros do. <laughs> so, like, and it wasn't one game. It uh, it was a whole series of games. So very uh, very hard to prove. Right. Uh, uh, kind of update over on uh, CBS Sports. They reported uh, over the weekend, Joe, something that you alluded to a couple mm -hmm. of days ago here on the show that the NBA could potentially get themselves into Las Vegas. Yes. To play out the NBA playoff season, and uh, CBS is reporting that that is a strong possibility at this point a truncated NBA season. As we discuss more and more of this mm -hmm. stuff, and look, I want to be optimistic, but I also want to be realistic as well. And with all of the reports that are going on in the world, I mean, May is like out the door for any sporting event. We kind of know that at this point. And it seems like June mm -hmm. is trending toward that as well. We may be looking at July. We may be looking at August. The NBA could absolutely pull off, Joe, if they wanted to, a truncated yep. NBA playoffs over the course of two months, even if they started in July or August. So, I think that this is a good idea. You brought it up a couple of days ago. You get everybody in the same location yeah. in Vegas. It'll be heavily watched, heavily bet. It'll be a ton of fun. Yep. And and this is a good start for me to hear this up this sort of story about sports because it makes me think that this sounds realistic. Yes. Yeah. And, and it also means listen, if the NBA, if that be if that's realistic, then Major League Baseball will be back. They'll they'll all be following suit probably. 
Um, more even importantly, I mean, and you mentioned maybe June's out, but, uh, you know, I got to think things like UFC will be back sooner than later. Some of the golf, you know what I mean? Those that, no fans. I mean, I think we've got to come to the realization that we are going to be watching a lot of events, at least for the foreseeable future, even into the NFL season where I think not, so. not going to be seeing a whole lot of fans. It's going to be a little awkward, but we will be seeing competitive professional sports again, I think sooner rather than uh, later provided uh, people aren't idiots about it. Yeah, and, and that's you know, the one part that we, we certainly can't quantify, but hopefully as the week, uh, weeks go on and as we continue to do the show, mm-hmm. we get a little bit more clarity on that. Speaking of which, college football, uh, Dabo Swinney had some interesting comments, the head mm-hmm. coach of, of Clemson, who basically said, uh, Joe, he has no doubt in his mind that the college football season is going to start. It's going to start on time. There's going to be fans. In, uh, in Clemson, watching the football games, 80,000, 100,000 people. I mean, I, I guess for me right now, it's, you know, I'm hopeful that the Dabo's right. Mm-hmm. But uh, throwing down that gauntlet there of, of saying that that's going to happen, basically said, hey, look, as long as everything is done in July, we'll have our, we'll have our camp. We'll start the season in August. I mean, some optimistic thinking on the on – the, uh, on the out of the mouth, I would say, of uh, Davos winning there. Well, he better be, uh, because it better take place. And we talked about it this week, in fact, of the, the dangers and what no college football season means to college athletics in general. I mean, the, the, dev- the devastating loss of money from March Madness not taking place, uh, couple that with the ability of all the revenue you could lose by not having football. And let's face it, football and basketball, guys, on a college level, that's what, pay, that's what allows you to have a lacrosse team. You know, that's what allows you to have a, a swim team and so on and so forth. Right. Also allows you to have those scholarships that, uh, you know, your kids have. So um, without football, you already know basketball. The thought of losing football on top of that uh, would push back college athletics five years. It would be terrible. The Preakness announced also, uh, Joe, over the weekend that they are not going to run, which shouldn't be a huge surprise. No. That race was scheduled for May 16th. At Pimlico, they have not only pushed it back, they're looking for a new date, which would probably be sometime, you know, around, you know, the September, October. We're going to have a lot of sports, by the way, going on if this is the case, but uh, in September. But the one key note um, that was reported by the Associated Press is that whenever the Preakness is run, it will go on without the infield activities yeah, that have been one of the race's biggest traditions. So this is something to keep in, in mind mm-hmm. for the Triple Crown, Joe. If this indeed happens, it could be, again, just like we've seen these races at Gulfstream or anywhere else across the country, very uh, well maybe run without any fans, but this is another sporting event that's also taking the measures and saying it. Now, they could change their mind if things some you know, drastic changes, but. I would be prepared for a Preakness Stakes with no fans as well. Yeah, well, and we've had, uh, you know, we've obviously had horse racing even to this particular point with no fans. But yeah. when you're talking about the Triple Crown, it's like golf tournaments. And I don't know if you were ever to Doral when it was here or the Honda Classic down in South Florida. Uh, the majority of the people who show up, whether it be the infield or at golf tournaments, not a whole lot of golf fans even know who's playing. It is all about the party, look at me, the selfies, the ads. That's what it is. So if I can do without them anyway, so we're good to go. Yeah, we'll be fine there. Um, <laughs> we're just running, rolling through topics here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, over the weekend as well, uh, this, this happened on Friday, by the way, for those of you who may have missed it. Uh, the head coach of the uh, Chicago Bears, mm. uh, Matt Nagy, basically said, open competition 
for Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. This shouldn't come as a huge surprise no. at this point, Joe. It's just, what are you going to base the competition on is my question. It's going to be really interesting. I mean, we don't know what training camp's going to look like. We don't know what the preseason's going to look like. No. And let's be honest, what has ever really been accomplished in an NFL preseason, I don't know. The more I think about it, Joe, the fact that they're opening up this two-way competition and not just deeming Trubisky the starter tells me that when the Bears play the first game of the season in 2020, I think Nick Foles is going to be under center and not Mitch Trubisky. What about you? I don't think you had a choice. I mean, I, I applaud the move. Number one, you've got two guys now, Trubisky and Foles, who have experience with Matt Nagy in that offense. So there's a lot of knowledge in that room about what Nagy wants and how he's trying to accomplish it. And listen, to this point, um, Trubisky has been given a free ride. It's been, yeah, he was never worried about chasing. He's never had anybody overlooking his shoulder until now. And I think he knows what it's at. And we've seen it a million times in all sports. If you don't push guys uh, to the point, if they don't feel the pressure, if they don't, you got to see what he's made of. Uh, and I think this is the perfect test here. If he rises to the occasion, then you hit the right button, Nagy. If he doesn't, you got Nick Falls and, you know, at the very least, flip a coin yeah no i i think it's it's certainly the right move there i mean of all the things that look the bears overachieved two years ago joe right. i get that their defense was historically good anytime in sports when you're saying something is historically good there's always some pushback the following year and i get that but they for for an offensive mind like Nagy, they ran the most vanilla unimaginative no fun round and pound offense all season long mm -hmm. i gotta tell you i mean Foles may end up being a better quarterback than trubisky but in terms of results going into next year and and you could shed some light maybe on their uh, on their win total if i threw a dart and guessed i'd say seven and a half or eight would be mm -hmm. my, my total for the bears um i probably wouldn't lean either way on it i feel like they're about a 500 team going yeah. into 2020. yeah you know what it was the year prior to that though when they made the playoffs they caught every break known to mankind. They won every one-score game. They got, well, you know, people missing field goals here, left, right. They, they were so lucky in that playoff year. And then last year, you know, like we usually see, and we tell you, everything kind of reverts back to the middle. Uh, last year, they didn't get anywhere near that, those kinds of breaks that they got the year before. Lost a lot of one-score games. Um, so... Uh, you know, what have they got this year? I still think it's going to be a team that's going to be predicated on how good that defense is. It's not like they needed a lot from the no. offense. Just push the keep pushing the ball down. Give the defense a break. They're still good enough defensively to beat anybody, but that offense has got to be a little bit more productive. Yeah, it's it's, it's just got to be, mm -hmm. and they need help on on the you know in terms of receiver. Yep. Montgomery's got to play better for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, let, let's let's end with this because I think this is probably the most unrealistic thing to happen. Mm. But do want to bring it up here on the mm -hmm. show? Uh, Justin Turner, third baseman for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Joe. He says that because of the season and potentially being truncated, eliminating extra innings, what they should do is have a home run derby after 10 innings. Now, I get it. I'd want to see it. You'd want to see it. The world would want to see a home run derby to determine who wins and loses baseball games. And I'm a big Justin Turner fan, but among the things that I would predict to happen and not happen, I just don't see this as a realistic one, although it is a great idea. In fact, I would say, Joe, the home run derby is a lot better than the All-Star game is now. I don't think anybody cares about the All-Star game. It's whoever wins the derby. That's correct. I, listen, I, I appreciate the thought keeping everything on the table, but 
Uh, like you said, if I was a betting man, uh, yeah, that would definitely be something I would bet uh, wouldn't happen. But maybe, maybe a couple of games in, uh, you know, maybe August or something along those lines. Not a bad idea. Maybe so. Have you ever have you ever been to a uh, home run derby or? or I was here in uh, when it was here in Miami. Oh, uh, the Miami a couple one. years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was at uh, was at that one there when uh, the stadium was just a couple of years new there. So um, that was a lot of fun. That was uh, packed too, to say the least. But. It's all about the other stuff that goes on. That whole weekend, it was just a big party there. But if you've never been to one, it certainly is uh, an experience, that's for sure. Yeah, in comparison to some of the other ones that I went, the one in Miami was not nearly as good. But also, they chose to have the All-Star game in a million-degree weather. In yeah. The well, July, you know, it's like, what do you think that you're going to get? I don't know if you remember this. You can go back and, and, uh, and look it up on YouTube. But they had this uh, red carpet party. Yes. And it was it was on Biscayne Boulevard, downtown Miami. Correct. And it was like ninety eight degrees out, People and no passing. one showed up for the red for the red carpet party. It was just like <laughs> the players, like you know, it's like they're in their cars, they're yep. waving back and forth. Yep. Yeah. And there was literally no one there, and no. so uh, no. the odds of the All Star Game coming back to Miami, I think. Were... Yeah, not in July. Yeah, no, no thanks. Yeah. No. This would be a perfect. Yes. All right, so. Plus, we'll have the World Series here, so don't worry. Yeah, we could. We could have the World Series here, too. Joe and I broadcasting live from the World That's Series. Correct. I can see right That's correct. No doubt about that. All right. Uh, so we're off and running. This is uh, Fantasy Sports Today's weekend edition of the show for Saturday and Sunday. And when we come back, what we're going to do is we're going to go through this day in sports, fantasy sports history from the 4th of April and the 5th of April. We'll tell you about all the birthdays from the weekend, too, just like we do during the week. And we'll cover it all for you right here on the show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid. And, of course, head on over to SportsGrid.com to learn more about us, learn about more about what we do, where you can see all the shows, and how you can download some of our audio as well. We'll take a quick time out right here on FST. Joe and Craig will be right back here on this hour edition of our weekend show. And we're back after this two-minute short break. Roto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today, weekend edition. Craig Bish along with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show. And normally, for those of you who are watching our program religiously, thank you so much. We uh, always take care of you guys who are wondering what happened on this day in sports in 1973. Well, I'm glad you asked that question because we bring that to you every single day here on the show. So, Joe, but rather than just doing Saturday or rather than just doing Sunday, since this is the weekend edition of the show, I thought, why not just roll out the whole weekend worth of events and oh. birthdays? You feeling good about that? Love it. I can't wait. Let's do it. All right. This day it. in fantasy sports history, April 4th. Let's mm. get started. Uh, 1974. Here it is. This is a big one. Uh, Hank Aaron ties Babe Ruth's record in home runs with 714. Mm. Before we move forward, Joe. Yep. 
Joe Ranieri's home run king in Major League Baseball is who? Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. I mean, it has to be Barry Bonds. Not even close. We're not, we're not going to do the whole asterisk thing, right? Yeah, no. Bonds is the home run king. Yes, period. Absolutely, period. Not to mention, how many, you know, didn't Hank Aaron play like 40 years? Like, how long did he play? He was a Yankee at the end. I think he was a Yankee, was he not? <laughs> He played like 20-something years, you're right. He played a long time. played a long, long time there. But, uh, yeah, no, it's um, – he also had a lot of strikeouts, did he not? If I'm not mistaken, that was always the knock on him that – Hank Aaron? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he struck out his, his fair share as well. It was kind of like a uh, home run or bust kind of thing. Um, let's see. Well, Hank Aaron. I'm trying to remember his stat. There's always no, been a knock on him. I don't know if it was the longevity. He actually him. walked more than he struck out. So. Wow, did he really? Yeah. Oh, that doesn't surprise me either. But he played 23 years in the band. 23, yeah. All-star every single year except for his first year and his wow. last. That is uh, incredible. But yeah, uh, Hammer and Hank Aaron, he tied Babe Ruth on this day in 1974. Yep. Uh, 1989, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar plays his last game in Seattle. And you yep. may say, Seattle? What are you talking about? Yeah, Seattle used to have an NBA team. Uh, Kareem Abdul- <laughs> yes, yeah, Seattle, Gary Payton. Yeah. They, they, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, for some reason, like I know he's the all-time or was the all-time leading scorer and all that good stuff, but Joe, for some reason, his name like never pops up on like the best player list of like anything. And I think it's it's kind of similar how you mentioned Hank Aaron. It's because Kareem just played forever, and he yes. had the sky hook, and he played on a lot of championship teams. But for some reason, it's like, you know, name the best centers of all time. It's like, oh, yeah, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, Elijah Wan, Ewing. It's like, why Kareem? It just never gets mentioned. I, I agree with you. I, and I don't know why, because it's a little ridiculous. But uh, you talk about pure dominance in a, a kind of spanning over a couple of different eras there. But he might be another guy, too, that, listen, I know where he's always mentioned. When you talk about the greatest college player of all time, the very few people do not mention Lou Alcindor as, uh, as just a beast. Yes, at UCLA. Yep. Uh, and finally, on April the 4th, 1993, whenever anybody has a good opening day, they always refer to this guy, Carl Tuffy Rhodes. Remember this one for the Chicago Cubs? He hit three home runs on opening day, and everyone thought, wow, this is the next star. It's the next superstar. So if, if this opening day doesn't summarize every opening day for the rest of mankind, then I don't know what else will. But this is the opening day that a lot of people remember. And also keep in mind, if indeed nothing had happened, right. the, virus, the virus hadn't taken over, we would be a week into this baseball season. This was opening day like it used to be on April the 4th. Yep. And they've just changed it so much. They've, they've uh, moved the whole thing back. It's just absolutely, it's crazy. Um, it's absolutely Still trying to figure it out and trying to get, uh, it just doesn't feel real. I mean, it just feels like I've been stuck Groundhog's Day for like a Wednesday, just, uh, you know, from like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And it just, we have not, we have not moved an inch since, but uh, uh, just kind of crazy feeling. And then when you think about it, April 4th and 93, Carl Tuffy Rhodes uh, hit three home runs on opening day. And two weeks later, he was sent down. (laughs) He had eight home runs the whole season. (laughs) He had, he had, and by the way, Tuffy Rhodes hit three home runs opening day, eight home runs in 1994, and never hit another home run again. Yeah. Uh, 95, uh, that was it. Yeah. 95 was his last uh, year yeah. in the big leagues. And but something every, tells me he didn't see another fastball for the rest of the season. 
<laughs> but it's amazing that people still know this guy's name. Yeah. People will always remember yeah. this guy. They always talk about, oh, oh another Tuffy Road story on opening yeah. day. All right, so that's what happened on April 4th. As far as birthdays go, I think we have a nice little mix of, yeah, of people that we can celebrate and talk about. Yeah. yeah uh, Tommy Herr, uh, who was born in 1956, former St. Louis Cardinal, World yep. Series champion in 82 with them, and then went on to play with the Minnesota Twins. Yep. Uh, one year had eight home runs and 110 RBIs for the St. Louis Cardinals. He was a really, really good player for a long period of time. Him, him and Ozzie Smith were a hell of a combo there for a few Second years. Base, yep. shortstop, yeah, yep. for sure. Uh, Jack Del Rio, to me, a really good coach in the NFL. What what happened to Jack Del Rio? Like I, he had good years with the Raiders. They wanted Gruden in there. They got him in there. Look, Del Rio, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he win in Oakland, in Denver, in Jacksonville? Like, well, why why is Del Rio just not a head coach right now? Well, first of all, he was an amazing NFL player. His career was absolute. He was fantastic there. And then he just, you know, as a defensive coordinator, uh, part of uh, the Denver teams there, you'd mentioned, got a chance at all Jacksonville, where they just couldn't seem to put it, uh, put it together. Um, well, I'm, I'm so happy he is back in the league with the Redskins, with Ron Rivera. I'm, uh, I'm glad to see it. Another one of those he examples. He should be a head coach, I think. No. Yeah, I, you know what it is? Some guys, and I said it with Bowles the other day, in fact, you know, some people are just better vice presidents than they are presidents. I don't, I don't blame a lot of what happened as a head coach with him on him. I think some of the organizations that he were were just flat-out mess above him, and he took the fall for it. But uh, I'd be shocked if, uh, if he can actually turn something around here with uh, Washington. I do think he can be another head coach for sure in the league in the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I thought that he's done a good job pretty yep. much wherever he's went. And look, the, what happened with Oakland was, uh, look, you— they, they wanted to talk uh, John Gruden out of the booth. Right. Like a dozen teams have been trying to do that for the last you know, 20 years, and yep. they finally figured it out in Oakland by paying them the money that they did. And then finally, uh, 1979, we're going to throw a hockey one in here. Roberto Luongo, who retired this past season, longtime goalie, both with the Florida Panthers and also had a lot of success with the Vancouver Canucks. He's now still part of the Florida Panthers organization. So. Yep. Uh, Roberto Luongo will be our third birthday for April the 4th. And uh, and normally at this point in fantasy sports today, we just like pivot over to something else. But for those of you who are watching, of course, uh, on the weekend, we take care of you on Saturday and also we take care of you on Sunday. So appreciate you guys watching this portion of the program. So I thought uh, we could dive into April the 5th this day in sports as well and knock those out for Perfect. you too. So here we go. Uh, 1990, now we got April 5th date here, 1990 of April the 5th, John Stockton reaches 1,000 assists three straight years in a row, which is an NBA record. And uh, John Stockton, Carl Malone, everyone remembers those two guys, and I'm sure they'll be a part of this new Michael Jordan documentary, which we're yep. ready to see here coming up here in a couple of weeks. But ha have there ever been two players more understated, Joe, and John Stockton and Carl Malone. And by the way, in the history of the NBA, you think about all these guys that retire. They're still very much public. You see them around all the time. You never see Stockton. You nope. never see Malone. It's nope. like they disappear from the face of the earth. Nope, nope. They were very, uh, they, they were quiet guys. Even when they did play, they weren't real uh, media attention. I, those guys are a victim of the era they played in. And what I mean by that is if there's no Michael Jordan, they probably have three, four rings. Uh, there with Utah. I mean, you know, Jerry Sloan and company, that team, that was 
Um, that was amazing. The unfortunate part is their kryptonite was a guy named MJ in Chicago, and they could not get past it by far. Just couldn't. But the brand of stuff, the style of ball they played, Stockton, uh, one of the best point guards uh, the game has ever seen, being able to both distribute and be able to shoot. Uh, I mean, what can you say? And Malone, too. Uh, they put up a few points together, those two. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Carl Malone's probably a top five, mm -hmm. top, maybe higher uh, yep. forward of all time. And John Stockton is in that conversation. They're like for the guard, bulls guard. Of, the, of the NBA, you know, where they had, you know, it's like the Jim Kelly, Thurman, two guys that were just tremendous Hall of Famers. They could, but, yeah, they kept having to go against MJ. There was, just no, there was no way that they were going to yep. beat him. Phoenix had that issue too. Portland, they couldn't go through. Yep. Seattle, Absolutely. all the teams. That, Knicks. Uh, that the, bulls, yeah, <laughs> the Knicks were yep. a lot of years. Yep. Conference. All right, so we go from 1990 to 2005. The Washington Nationals, you may say, well, 2005, Washington Nationals, what's the big deal? Well, actually, that was their first season playing as the Washington Nationals. I know a lot of Montreal Expos fans are not happy about yes. that, Joe, and they yeah. want baseball back. Maybe that eventually will happen. We're not sure. But they lost their first ever game as the Washington Nationals, 8-4, to four, wow. to the Philadelphia Phillies. And lo and behold, it took the Nationals 14 years. But they did end up pulling off last year, the World Series championship. So those Nationals days were sort of like rebuilding days for them. Um, you know, they, they had Ryan Zimmerman. They were sort of like starting all over again. Yep. Austin Burns was on those teams too. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, I, you have to have a team in D.C. It would be nice to get a team back in Montreal, though. I'd like to see that. Yeah, it's coming. It's, uh, it's called the uh, Montreal Rays, I think, think uh, will be happen? there. No, I don't know that that's going to happen. I, if they do that whole split time thing, I'm just uh, I'm going to throw up. Like, Yeah, I don't think that's realistic. How about the families have to go back and forth from Canada to Tampa? Yeah, in a 162-game series, uh, please. Uh, it just, I, I don't see it. I think they're going to be in Tampa. I think eventually they'll figure out a way to be able to uh, get a new stadium built. And uh, if they continue to win 90 games a year, it's going to be kind of hard to argue. Yeah, no, it's, they, they deserve better. So does yep. Oakland. Those two teams win all the time. Uh, 2013, let's fast forward to uh, eight years later. Uh, Chris Davis of the Orioles. Boy, has his fortune changed quite a bit. <laughs> Remember Crash Davis. Mm -hmm. He hit a home run in 2013. This is when he was on top of the world. He was like a, a first-round pick in fantasy baseball, too. It was incredible how good Chris Davis was. That made him a lot of money that year. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> and that was like, that was the last big contract the Orioles gave out, you yep. know? Uh, he hit a home run in 2013 in the first four games of the season, and that fourth home run was on April the 5th, 2020. Yep. And, and Joe, it's interesting just to see how, how, how fast some players rise to the top, and this is an example of a player literally that fell off so quickly, maybe faster and worse than almost anyone we've seen in baseball in a long time. Went from one of the elite power hitters in the game yep. to a guy that you can't even put on the field. And I, I know that in the spring he was looking good and feeling good, but I, I got to see that happen in the regular season to believe that. And, and you know what that was. That was all, guys. That's all. We, we saw it happen in golf to a guy named David Duvall, too, who uh, missed a three-foot putt uh, to win a tournament uh, one day and then could not, above the shoulders, get out of his head. Uh, and his career just went completely sideways. And, uh, you know, he made all of that money in the, after that year and then started to think a lot. And, you know, once you get in those slumps there where then you overanalyze, you know, paralysis by analysis, and it was, that's exact. When you lose, when a player loses confidence in himself, it, it goes downhill rather quickly.
Yeah, went like 0 for 40 or something. Yeah, like. it, yeah. And then brutal. being reminded of it every day, it, yeah, brutal. Not to yeah, mention and, he's, and, how much money you make. He, oh. And he made a lot, but by the way, he's actually like a really nice, charitable guy. It's yeah. such a shame exactly. that it's happened to yep. him. But, exactly. But look, I mean, you get attached to those contracts and... Uh, Expectations. Look, yep. And look, and, and like I'm saying cynically, of course the Orioles want to play this season, but... The Orioles could save like twenty million dollars if, if they don't play this year. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Uh, birthdays in sports are April the fifth. In our past, we start off with Ike Hilliard. We mm. have him here in a, a Giants jersey. Of course, he was a Florida Gator, so yep. I remember him in a Gators jersey for sure. And in fantasy, you know, Joe, he was never your wide receiver one. He was never really your wide receiver two. But he had a few seasons where you rostered him as a fantasy wide receiver three. He started for for you a few times. He played in like the heyday of Eli Manning's uh, days. In, uh, Absolutely, he played with the Rams too. I think for a little while as well. Was it the Yankees or the Rams? No, I think it was the Rams. I think he might have played with the Rams. Uh, uh, did you get another one wrong? Yeah, yeah. I think it was, uh, and uh, I might start associating everybody with the Rams before it's all said and done. That's but, your thing, is you go Rams or... Uh, uh, it's either Rams or the Yankees. Okay, so yeah. he played with the Giants and Buccaneers, that's it. Oh, the Bucs. Now, okay, maybe it was his brother, Stu Hilliard. Maybe, <laughs> Stu- <laughs> maybe it was Dalton Hilliard. <laughs> maybe, it might, might have been with the Yankees. Um, no, he was your prototypical... I, If you needed a two, he was there, right? I mean, if you needed a solid two, he was definitely a great third option. Yeah. Uh, reliable. That's that's kind of what he was. He was never good enough to be that one, but he was uh, certainly a guy that, uh, when all else failed and injuries hit, he was a guy you could rely upon. Yeah, 996 yards and three touchdowns, followed by 787 and eight touchdowns, mm-hmm. back-to-back season, 99 yep. and 2000 uh, for the New York Giants. Other birthdays today. Was that Plaxico Burris he was on the other side of? Was that the... Oh, it could have been. That sounds... See, that one you could have got right. Yeah, I think that was Plaxico before he shot himself in the sweatpants um, in uh, in the nightclub. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Heinrich Stenson, a British Open champion. Yeah. We had to throw golf in here today. We were light on names. I'm just being honest. I'm not going to BS you. He's uh, a Heinrich good top Stenson. 20 player in the world, I still think. Yeah, I think he's still he up there. Be, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm not allowed to be the Yankees once. Played for the Yankees, that's right. Where are the pinstripes? And then, and then finally, a former NBA player, not NFL player, former NBA player, uh, Stephen Jackson, the mm-hmm. S-T-E-P-H-E-N Jackson, was born in 1978. And I didn't even, and, and honestly for this one, Joe, I didn't even pull a baseball name out of the hat. There was just no one right. worth mentioning, unfortunately, that was born on uh, on April the 5th. Stephen Jackson was, uh, and and I did. Character? I, he was, really was, but he was a uh, beast of a running back, too, I think, for not only the Falcons, but the uh, the Rams, I believe. That's not this guy, though. No. This is the NBA guy. That's the NBA guy. Oh, uh, you're three-pointers, though. <laughs> there you go, three-point shoot. <laughs> can you tell it's the weekend? I think that you can. I think that you can. Can you tell we've been at this for a while? Can you? My yeah. word. Seven straight days of shows. But anyway, uh, on that note, we're going to have a little fun coming up next because in case you missed it from this past Friday, Ooh. Gray Albright is going to join us. Gray, of course, of Razball.com. Oh, yes, he is. He makes appearances with us, and uh, we'll have some fun just talking about where he stands mm-hmm. on the fantasy baseball drafts that he's had already because I'm going to pose the question to him. If you had the choice, would you like to scrap all your teams and redraft again, yep. which is something that – I'm kind of advocating because I feel like we still have so little clarity on the season. I'd like to just wait until we find out. Uh, Gray has a pretty good opinion on that, so we'll touch on that next. This is Fantasy Sports Today 
right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Craig Mish and Joe Ranieri. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Gray Albright of Razball. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show. And to talk a little fantasy, a little reality, a little comedy, because don't you, we all know that we need a break heading into the weekend. We, we're going to address that here coming up. As uh, You can go over to Razball.com, check out all the great fantasy content they have right now, and the man behind that website and some of the great comedy information. And winning is Gray. Albright, who joins us now here on Fantasy Sports Today. Gray, thanks for spending a few minutes here on this lovely Friday morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. How are you? Um, did you say a few minutes? I have 33 seconds. We gotta <laughs> Thank get- you so much, Gray, for coming on the show. We <laughs> wish you a great pleasure, weekend. <laughs> it, was Stay great safe. it was great talking to you guys. <laughs> Stay safe, Gray. You know, it's such an honor to have you on for 30 seconds. I didn't realize my intro is going to be so long. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have scheduled my shower in the middle of this. I All right. I- well, listen, it's, it's, it's good that we're only seeing from you from the waist up here on this shot. Let's just put it that way. So, uh, so, so great, great. Uh, before we get... Wait, wait. Hey, Mish, you're old yeah. enough. Remember, I, you remember, like, um, my dad used to wear... You remember those towels that had, like, Velcro? Yes, I do. <laughs> please tell me. Please tell me he's not wearing one yes. right now, please. I'm gonna use one for my hair, Gray. It's getting bad up here. They have to. They have to jump oh on that. God. Speaking of hair, I mean, yeah. ah, you're looking good. You're looking good. Really sharp. And you got the halo effect there in the background. Yeah, I know. I'm a. I'm an angel. Whoa, I almost cursed. I um. It's okay. Pluto TV oh, censors really? the show. You're on TV. Oh, okay. But is it cable? Because I will curse my um, heart. Well, it's YouTube, but Pluto TV is actually owned by Viacom, which is CBS. And then uh, we're, we're oh. airing on Zumo TV. Tiffany? And, uh, and oh, Stir. Yeah. Oh, you're okay. I think all those spots are okay. Uh, li- li- listen, what is the difference? Great. I asked Joe this question here, and he just wants to talk about guys who never played for the Yankees. So I'll ask you. <laughs> so, so, great. What is the difference between Saturday and Sunday as opposed to the rest of the week as we head into the weekend? What would you tell people? Would you tell people to act any differently, do anything differently? Do the weekends mean anything different than what the weekdays do? Uh, no, everything really actually right now feels like a Wednesday. Hmm. I, I haven't felt a difference in days in about 18 days. I was saying to um, my uh, much, much older wife the other day, uh, we should watch uh, Better Call Saul, which comes on Monday, Monday night. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, we should watch it um, at 10 o'clock tonight. And she was like, it's Tuesday. We already have it on the DVR. We can watch it whenever. I was like, I got no idea. It's I, true. I, it's true. I, God, that is a true story. Like, I have no clue what day it is. Like, I go out and I'm like, I look around, I'm like, okay, it looks like the same day as it was yesterday. <laughs> I, I know. know 
I was just telling I was just telling Joe that uh, you know Ozark is on, and so uh, we're in the middle of season three. But Gray, instead of binging it, we're doing the anti binge, which is we're trying to savor it, and and we're like what we're doing is we're watching one. Me and my wife are watching one episode a day, and as much and how badly we want to watch the next episode because it's driving us to it, we just like shut the TV. We're like, no, nah, we can't do it because then what are we going to watch tomorrow? Yeah, no, exactly. We actually, I, I wish we would have done like you and your um, missus because we actually binged it the first weekend it came out uh, oh, last did. weekend. Yeah. It is one yeah. of the, I'll be honest, it's like one of the few shows that I feel like has gotten better as the season. It's true. It's true. Yeah. People don't know People don't know that about you, Gray, is that you're uh, a film writer and you have a lot of credentials in that category as well. So, so I'll 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 kind of double down on that Netflix question and ask another. And I know Joe has a question for you too. But like this, the show, The Tiger King, right? Mm. That's been getting a lot of the run. I am of the mindset, be, uh, due to the fact that we have nothing else happening and going on, that that's why the show has become so popular. Now, don't get me wrong; it would have gotten a little bit of buzz, I think, regardless, just because of the stupidity of it and the documentary style that they have it. But I don't. I think if we had sports, if we had life, and people were out, it wouldn't be getting nearly the run that it is now. I think it's just because we have nothing. Yeah, no, that could be true. I personally, I liked it, but I will say that I felt like it was probably. I don't know if you saw it, but I thought it was. I like, did. We both saw it. Joe, mm-hmm. Joe watched it oh, twice already. Yeah. Okay. You know, Joe is a little one one one. That's true. Yeah, that's uh, that's a universal sign for Joe is yep. lost it completely. I uh, I think that it was good, but I felt like it was like three episodes too long. It was like okay, we got it. Everyone's crazy except for the one girl who had her arm bitten off, and yet she's kind of also. I mean, she did hang around and go right go by, right back to work, mm-hmm. missing an arm. So, I mean, it's always a little crazy, <laughs> and, you know. It's no, it's beyond crazy, and I think the reason why is it's it was the closest thing we've seen to reality television. I think because that's a true story. So it it wasn't written, it wasn't uh, you know, it wasn't a billions, it wasn't anything like that. It was that's real life, and that's like real life over the last five years. And you know, Gray, it's got to be good when O.J. Simpson is commenting about a woman allegedly killing her husband and he's offended by that uh, uh, that she's not in jail uh, hello this is this is the pot oj it's pot hey, unbelievable hey, i've been trying to call the kettle are you there unbelievable i mean get out of, I mean, get out of here oj really i'm just saying I, I'm actually like OJ. I feel like the uh, I was saying to someone on Razball uh, earlier today that OJ, like if I, we know he killed uh, Nicole and Ron. I mean mm-hmm. that goes without saying. But imagine in a in a, any scenario, like maybe the point one percent chance that he didn't commit murder, and all this time, like people have just been assuming he had, like you, like just I was just trying to like imagine like being him. And being like, no, really, guys, mm. I'm really innocent. I mean, he's not, but imagine he was. 
Yeah, the, the one guy had a comment on that. Yeah, uh, amazing, amazing. All the people is O.J. Simpson. So uh, seven minutes in, uh, unsurprisingly, we have not hit one fantasy topic. This no. is usually how it goes. You know, the old segments I used to do with uh, Gray on my on the audio side on FNTSY, we'd get through like 13 minutes and say goodbye without any fantasy. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to to, to get some in here. So uh, do you? Th- okay. So Gray, let's talk about it. You and I uh, had participated in the same uh, NL Tout Wars League until I couldn't make it this year, which ended up being no draft at all. Uh, or, or an online draft, whatever. It got all screwed up because of, of what's happening here. Do you feel confident in the fantasy teams in baseball that you have drafted thus far? Do you think we should be redoing them? Uh, is this fantasy baseball season, if it starts in June or July, just simply a bust? Like, I have so many questions. And as to somebody who's won a lot of these leagues, and you play at a higher level than me, you win a lot more than I do. What do you think? Would you, would you like a mulligan? Or do you, would you like to keep your teams... So strange for me right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that personally, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to call Mulligan and just uh, throw out all the teams that I drafted already. I do think that there's going to be a lot of funkiness that goes on with the season and anything to do with fantasy. Like, I feel like because if you think about, like, I, I've, on Razzball, I've been doing, um, I've been releasing new projections for a 100-game season. And with a 100-game season, if it is that, which, I mean, I don't know, but I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just a guess. Educated guess, maybe. I mean, I did go to Trump University, so, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah. But I I will say that the absolute, like, best-case scenario, I feel like at this point, is 120 games. I'm saying 100 games, so close enough. So let's just say if it goes to 100 games and guys come out smoking hot for like three months and they hit and like guys hit like 370 over three months, which it wouldn't be a a weird thing. That is the whole season. Mm. Like we're going to see guys like possibly challenge 400 over a three month season. Like it's going to be a really quick short season and there's not going to be a lot of time for regression. So there's going to be a lot of funkiness that goes on with fantasy baseball these years. Right, but, but if you but if you had the choice, Cray, if you had the choice, and let's say, let's let's use well, you and I, I, I missed you by the way at labor. I was there. I guess you had just left. But let's say labor and Tout Wars got together and, and they had a let let's say they let's say they had a vote and they said, all right, uh, labor Tout Wars people, here's the choice. We're going to take a vote. We can vote uh, either A, to keep all our teams the way we have them, or B, we're going to just do this thing all over again. What would you choose? Oh, I 100% would choose to keep the team I have. Oh. I'm, I'm happy with teams. I, I think that, like, you know, like, say you're, uh, you're redrafting, or uh, if you're drafting right now, with the knowledge that there's a 100-game season, knowing knowing that is the case, even though that isn't the case, but say you knew this. Say you're like, you know, you jumped out of a DeLorean and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, there's going to be a 100-game season. I'm going to draft today knowing that. You'd still have – I mean, you still wouldn't know everything. Like, right. you would still have issues with, like, okay, is uh, – like, if there's a 100-game season, is uh, Julio Urias, for instance, is he going to throw 20 games – or is he still going to get ramped back and only throw 15 games? And Or is, like, you know, is Andrew McCutcheon 100% healthy right now? I don't, I, you yeah, still don't really know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you, you no. don't know. And you don't also know, Gray, what some of the 
Uh, listen, baseball said everything is on the table. So we could be talking about multiple double headers a week, uh, neutral site games uh, for some of these teams in cities that may not be able to, uh, you know, to field a team there in that area. So I, we really forget about the players. We don't even know what the rules are going to be yet for most of this. No, exactly. I, I totally agree. I think that, uh, you know, the, the probably, I would say, realistically, there's going to be a season. I really feel like that in my bones. There's too much on the line. There's too much money to be made. MLB is not going to say we're not having a season at all. There'll be something. I agree 100%. They're definitely doing it, Craig. Yeah, and it may not start until July 1st, but there will be a season. Now, that season, what that will look like, I don't know. I'm guessing they're going to go into November, and they're going to have, like, 100, 120 games, somewhere in that range. And they're going to have, like, and there's going to be a lot of guys. Like, here, here's a, a, an instant, interesting thought experiment but I, that I've been, um, I'm, I've been trying to wrap my noodle around. So if a guy usually starts off cold, uh, like he's not good in April and May, does that mean he's going to start off hot, or mm. is he going to still start off cold? Yep. It's a good yeah, point. no, it, it, it's hard to say, but the other part of it too, Gray, is that the guys who started off cold are now going to be playing in the warmth, you know, like there's no cold weather for exactly. any yep. any of these any of these guys or any of these games. It's just, uh, and, and that's why I'm not uh, participating in any drafts right now. I've been asked a million times, look, I would do a mock any day of the week, like I have nothing better going on. You know I'm doing these Legends Leagues too, but uh, I, do, I would do a mock, but Gray, would you participate right now, like in either a money league or a league that had significance for you? Would you do it yeah, now? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of bummed that NFBC shut down their drafts because I would have done a slow draft over the month over the month of April because, you know, it's like something to do. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, I don't feel like it's as unknown. Like, you know, like Mike Trout's still going to be good. Um, you know, Mike Leak is still going to be bad. Uh, yeah, but the relievers, that, Gray, the relievers are a big yeah. issue. Like, I, I think that's that's going to be a really big topic, an unresolved topic. They're adding extra players to rosters. Like, I think saves yeah. this year, I think you're going to have the least amount of saves per game. Mm. On Like, obviously, you'll have the least amount of saves ever for teams because there'd be a shortened season. But, Gray, I think three, four guys on every team is going to get saves, man. I, I think oh, they're yeah. just... Yeah. I, I mean, totally, that could be the case. Also, I was thinking about, like, if they try and jam as many games as possible into a shortest time period, there's going to be issues where, like, guys are just going to be like, you know, like Yadier Molina, is he going to really catch every game? No. <laughs> you no. know, like, it's going to be, like, a lot of regular catchers who are going to be like, I caught yesterday, I'm not catching again today, tomorrow's a doubleheader, I'm not catching both games of a doubleheader. Like, there's mm -hmm. going to be... So much of like, you know, the uh, the ceilings are going to be a lot closer to the floors on a lot of these guys. It's just going to be it's going to be really I, I'm kind of fascinated to see how it plays out, to be honest. I mean, I'm I just want baseball. I don't really Of course, care. man. No, listen, I want it, too. And, and, yep. and even from a, a covering perspective and I cover the Marlins and my podcast, like everything is hurt with me not being able to do this. And yep. You know, just trying to figure all this out. Um, okay, we got two minutes left. So, is there anything that you'd like to say that you haven't said yet? It's what else you guys doing? What are you <laughs> we actually have real segments here. We do have real segments. Oh, I'm a point, man. But, but this is normally at this stage, I would say what's going on at Razball. So, if you'd like to, 
uh, give a little pub to Razball.com. I mean, all the people across the world are watching. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody's going. You see that face he made when uh, when you asked him what's going on his Razball? He just kind of gave you that look, like ooh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> How many people did you fire at Razball? Right? <laughs> I fired myself. I'm, I'm a write-off. <laughs> I love it. How many teams you got right now, by the way? I mean, how many teams have you already drafted on the scope of it? All of them? Um, I think I have, uh, I want to say like 10 teams. Uh, Three of them are NL only. One of them is AO only. So, uh, yeah. That's not, I mean, that's not too many, I don't think. For somebody like you, it's not. For me, it would be too many. I, I, I couldn't hang into that. Uh, All right. Well, great. Thank you so much, man, for coming on. Appreciate it. Stay safe, you and your family, of course. Really appreciate it. And um, you're always real good to me. So thank you for that as well. And you know I got your back at anything you need as well. Thanks for coming on, man. All right. Talk soon. Gray Albright with us from Razball and Razball.com. That's uh, Joe Ranieri's first experience. Bob Gray. The first first Gray Albright experience. Mm Mm-hmm. You didn't. Ask, I'm surprised you didn't ask him if he played for the Yankees. I uh, yeah, I, I didn't think he did. I, I that was what I. Looked <laughs> that was the one you knew, right? <laughs> that like, was the t- one I was like, aware of. Joe Ranieri googling how tall is Gray Albright? <laughs> he looks right. huge in this video. It's ridiculous. I know he's like a monster. He can play second base. All right, uh, that'll do it for the show. Um, we got to get out of here. We'll leave you on a good note there. Thanks to everybody who watched. Thanks to everybody who tuned in. Uh, stay safe. Have a great weekend. Joe Ranieri, Craig Mish, right here with you on Fantasy Sports Today. Stay safe, folks. Wash your hands. Let's get out of this soon. Practice social distancing. Take care of your family. And uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to us this week. Uh, we'll have a weekend show of some kind. Who knows what it'll be, but it'll be airing. And then we'll be back uh, on Monday at 11 a.m. So until then, take care, guys. We'll talk soon. See ya. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.